This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our December 15th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And I appreciate you all for tuning in. Yep, 10 more days until Christmas. And it's certainly been a different type of year. And there's always uncertainty in markets. And our job here and your job is to deal with that volatility in the right way. Not by being emotional, but by looking at the facts on the ground and making sound money decisions, sound investment decisions. And that's what I'm here to help you do. In fact, today's trivia question is an educational look at volatility. The question is coming up at halfway point in the program. So be on the lookout for that. Now, I'm Justin Klein. And on this program today... I'm going to do my best to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. That's my goal each and every weekday. Help you develop those strategies and the mindset, the proper mindset to make good decisions. So this show is driven by you, the listener, someone who needs perspective, information, and that's what we are here to dispense so I'm taking your calls live right now at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, let's take a look at the market today. Solid, solid update on the S&P, up about 47 points, uh, up about a percent and a half, really back to where we were at the highs of yesterday. Yesterday was an interesting day. We started off strong and sold off throughout the day and now we've kind of retested that high so erased that drop but uh still means that the market is chopping sideways in the month of december after a very strong month of november which i talked about before is a very important or is very uh it was a record month right november was was a record month and oftentimes you get kind of a at least a choppiness uh, and that, so not surprised there. Still an important meeting tomorrow. Started today, but tomorrow we have the Federal Reserve coming out with their statement and their plans towards their stimulus measures going forward. And so that's certainly important. Uh, we'll see. How does the market react? Very big day tomorrow. I think it would be pivotal to see where the future direction of the market goes until we get to 2021. Now, as you can tell, I have a very information-packed podcast for you today. So let's get right to our first caller at 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Brian from San Diego. I had a question about AMC, if you think it's a good time to get in now. And also a question about dividend payouts. How was the easiest way to find out how frequently a company pays out its dividends? Thank you. Love the show. Uh, well, dividends.com, I believe, is a good place. Uh, or xdividend.com. Uh, you know, we, we pay for a lot of services that will tell us. Uh, we actually have our charts where it will tell us where the dividend dates are, right? So if they're paying quarterly. Most companies that are domestic pay their dividend quarterly if they pay a dividend. Oftentimes, foreign entities, foreign 
corporations, they pay twice a year or sometimes only once a year. So that's something to uh, consider. It's usually the base case. There are, there are some REITs that pay monthly and some certain positions that, that pay monthly. But quarterly is most common for domestic equities. Uh, but I would check those sites uh, as, as well. Now you're looking at AMC. And this is a company that is really on the brink of bankruptcy. You have about $6 billion in debt. Only $461 million market cap currently. Free cash flow last quarter was negative $385 million. Now your big question, really, really what you're saying here is it's going to survive and not go bankrupt. And that they'll be able to get back to a level of business that will be able to service those debts. Right? This is a $2.87 stock. Remember, anything under $5 typically uh, is impaired in some way. Or maybe the sentiment is just really bad. But in this sense... It's an impaired asset, right? Meaning there's way too much debt for its cash flows uh, and its earnings and its its future cash flow and earnings. And so, to me, this looks like a, a company that is on the brink of bankruptcy. And I think it actually will because the amount of money going into streaming services, right, with content, uh, you know, from the likes of AT and T with uh, HBO Max. You have Disney ramping up Disney Plus. Netflix continues to spend. Uh, Amazon continues to spend. And so the streaming services are really the future. And while movies, I, movie theaters, I don't think are going away for good, uh, they're, they're a different business, I think, post pandemic. Even if we get back to all of us being able to sit in a theater again without masks, which you know is probably six, nine months, maybe a year away. Uh, but you have to have a level return to business where they can sustain that debt, and I just don't see that. So I'm not a fan of AMC. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The new year is coming up quick. And the big question for you is, should you make some changes? That's why I remind you now, you can call our 24-hour listener line and leave your question on our voice bank system. And Steve and I will provide unbiased answers on an upcoming podcast. And now your participation is an important part of the mix. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Justin Klein is here today, taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. And my focus point today concerns this story. The Federal Trade Commission is requiring Amazon and eight other tech companies to share information about how they collect and use data from their users. So we're going to touch on this story, and it shines a little more light on what governments are likely to, are looking at at least. And whether they're going to take action or not is still yet to be seen, but hey, when there, where there's smoke, there's often fire. And so we're going to look at that smoke that's coming straight out of the FTC and their requests. So that's uh, going to be interesting. Also, 
RMDs. RMDs has been, have been suspended for this year. So what does that mean if you are a retiree? And even if you're not, there are some lessons and some ways to think about tax strategy when it comes to your investments and Roth IRAs, IRAs, tax, taxable accounts, etc. And hopefully there'll be some lessons for all of you, not just the retirees. And then lastly, we're going to touch on some money questions. It's a pretty interesting poll. It asks 15 financial literacy questions. And you'd be surprised, not nearly enough people answer them correctly. But we're going to get into a few. Hopefully, I can shed some light on where people had big problems and hopefully fill in the gaps there. So let me spend a minute now to talk to you about my company, KPP Financial. We are an RA, and I and myself and Steve operate out of our offices in Irvine, California, and we are dedicated to a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. What that means is, with our listeners and our clients, we provide unbiased guidance. That's what we're here to do. We practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our complimentary portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. You can send us a message through investtalk.com. We'd love to help you, and we want to help you. So now let's turn to Nick in Idaho, who wants to ask about Garmin. Hi, Justin. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, so I'm in the process of building a position. I'm probably about a third of the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see good secular growth potential in the outdoor industry and the aviation industry with this auto land program they've just developed. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you think of the company. And then also, since it's a Swiss company, how exchange rates will affect the profits, the earnings, and the price of the stock over time. Well, the fact that it's headquartered it, headquarters in Switzerland is not that big of a deal because their operations are in 100-plus countries. Okay, so really you have broad diversification of currency that's coming into the company. And so I look at it more about that, is that it's a, a global company, which is which is important to understand in the context of what the risks are and the potential reward, right? If the dollar is appreciating and they have most of their revenue coming from outside the country, that can be an issue, right? Because those currencies might be depreciating against the dollar. Right now, you have the opposite, where the dollar is weakening. And so when you translate those back to dollars, it actually is a tailwind instead of a headwind. So uh, I like the fact that they are globally diversified and have uh, businesses in probably a lot of different currencies. Um, and so, uh, you know, I like the company. I will say that. Uh, my issue here is the valuation is a little extreme for my, uh, not extreme, I, was, don't, I won't say extreme, a little high for my liking. Uh, my value is closer to about 90 to $95. It's that 120 So I would say it's maybe 25% overvalued at this point. Uh, but, you know, and we actually had owned Garmin a couple years back. Uh, we did well. It was good. Um, but to me, it's got a little ahead of itself. 
but I like what you're looking at. It's a, it's a name that I think will do well longer term because it has good cash flow, uh, has good management. It is uh, consistently profitable return equity in the mid to high teens over the last 10 years on average. And that's, uh, that's a very enviable place to be with a very minimal debt as well. So uh, I like the business. I like the company. Just the price to me is, is a bit rich. Definitely not as rich as a lot of the companies out there in the marketplace today, but definitely a bit rich at this point. So thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. Now, if we keep things moving, I think we can fit another caller question in before the break. This came early, in earlier at 888.99 chart. Hi, guys. This is Tim calling from Wisconsin. My question today is in regards to shorting a stock. I'm wondering when you buy to cover for a loss or how exactly you choose a stock to, to short in regards to being able to get out without, without losing too much. Do you have an upper limit that's set just like you would a normal stock? Is When you short a stock, do you also have like thesis for that stock like when you buy? Looking forward to the answer on the podcast. Thanks. Uh, the answer to all that is is yes. You know, shorting is literally the inverse of buying. Right? You're selling it today, hoping it goes down, or betting that it goes down, and which is the opposite of going long a stock. And your thesis is the exact opposite, right? You think that the market is overly optimistic about the future prospects of the business and the valuation, and you're looking to profit on that stock going down. So, and you should have discipline on what your ultimate willingness for losses will be. And so in, in this case, yes, uh, it's the exact opposite of buying and you need to have all of the things in place and do the proper research to make sure that you know, it doesn't go against you too much and uh, you should have some sort of stop loss as well. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. You must manage your fear and greed, which is the most dangerous emotions that any investor can have. And if you can temper those, temper your fear and greed emotions, you'll become a better investor. Now, your participation is an important part of the mix, and we're taking your calls live at 888 chart Let's take a quick look at your financial to-do list. At the top, make that phone call to the Invest Talk Anytime listener line. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will provide unbiased answers to your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point today concerns the story about the FTC's inquiry the Federal Trade Commission, that is, that is requiring nine tech companies to share their information about how they collect and use the data from their users. This is Amazon, TikTok, Discord, Facebook, and its subsidiary, WhatsApp, Reddit, Snap, Twitter, and YouTube. So they were each sent these orders to hand over this information about their practices. Now, what they're looking for are whether their algorithms or data analytics are used on pers- uh, how their 
algorithms and data analytics are used on personal information, how they measure and promote and research engagement from their users, and how their data practices impact children and teens. So what this is is a follow-up to, at, this is post the Facebook filing last week about monopolistic powers on social networking, but the agency itself is launching studies almost uh, every few months, examining past acquisitions of Google and Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Microsoft. And this is just the net latest shot across the bow that is pushing regulators closer and closer to understanding the business. And I think that is really the biggest issue so far is that Congress and our lawmakers, who frankly, if you look at their average age, are uh, north of 60 years old, most of them are out of step with the trends in social networking and, and just the internet in general, and even how they work, how, they're, how these services are monetized, how user data is used. Now, three of the commission voters who voted in favor of requesting this action said in a statement, the FTC wants to understand how business models influence what Americans hear and see, with whom they talk, and what information they share. And the FTC wants to better understand the financial incentives of social media and video streaming services. Now, some of these companies are going to be more scared than others. Uh, Discord, for example, they make their money almost entirely on subscription services. Right, but Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Snap, Reddit, they all make their money off of selling ads. And so as regulators get more and more familiar with how these companies operate and their business practices, I think there's going to be more and more crackdown on the way they do business. And I, I strongly believe that Google... Uh, will be broken up in some way. Facebook will be broken up in some way so that there isn't this large scale of sharing massive amounts of user data and the ability to monetize that in a closed network. And so uh, this is probably another reason why the growth stocks are continuing to underperform the value side of the market along with the reopening trade. Now let's talk with Tony in Richmond. He wants to ask about Target. Yeah. You own it or are you looking to buy it? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, hi, Justin. Yeah, so you're looking to buy Target or do you own it? I have some. I'm down I'm down a few bucks a share on it. Mm -hmm. And it's uh seeing what you think of the future of it. Well, I like Target as a company, I just think it's so far uh, away from its ran far away from its true value our value is in the low hundreds about uh, 110, 112 a share now it's at $171 a share uh, I, I think they're a well run company uh, but I do think that there's been a lot of uh, demand pushed towards Target because they're willing or they're able to source and, and supply goods uh, their, their online experience is better than most retailers uh, the closing of many of these 
big box retailers like uh, like a JCPenney going bankrupt, et cetera, is pushing more business towards a Target. So I like Target a- as a company. It just needs to come back to around, you know, around pre-pandemic levels or just post-pandemic levels, and then it would be a reasonable price. But uh, technically, it's weak, right? We're pushing towards new highs, and this is about what, 5 or 6% off its 52-week high. So I like Target as a company, just not here. It's just uh, a little bit too, too expensive for my taste. So um, just depends on your, you know, your long-term investor or your short-term. Uh, well, I've been playing a little bit, and I've actually done all right, but my problem with investing is I don't sit on it long enough. I, mm-hmm. I, tend, to, I tend to dump it quick, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the hardest thing to do is to, to sell uh, when you do, after you do buy. So uh, I will say that technically it is weakening. Uh, so if you are a shorter-term trader, I'd be a little worried. Um, but yeah, you should in, in a bull market, that's easy to say. It's easy to say I should have sat in it longer. Uh, there's always that tendency. So, uh, just depends on your time horizon. Target's a great company. I think they have great leadership, but it is rich at these prices after this large run this year. On the next Invest Talk, this story, how to make and meet financial goals in unstable times. Despite a chaotic year, many Americans retained a sense of financial stability and they can maintain progress if they have and follow the right plan. Steve will get to that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein and ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, 
We need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Let's head over to North Carolina talking to Rahul. He's looking at Steep Gold Limited, which is a Canadian gold exploration company. How you doing, Raul? I'm good. How are you, Justin? Great, great. What uh, are you looking to buy, Steep, or do you own it? So I own it, and I want to increase my position. I mean, this is a Canadian uh, gold exploration company, and they mm-hmm. have just uh, uh, the mines have just got got operational, and they have they've been showing returns over the last two quarters. And mm-hmm. there, I mean, uh, I mean, the gold price is all. Is always a bullish factor, but there has always there has been like consistent insider buying for the last six months. So I was just wondering, I mean, uh, uh, get get your opinion on this. Well, I don't have much information on it. It is obviously a Canadian company. They have very little debt, which is good. Uh, however, their all their mines that they're exploring are in Mongolia, which is to me. Uh, a worry, uh, right? You're talking about the Chinese uh, government rule, uh, which can be can do its own thing, right? Uh, its rule of law is up to them. And this is very different than the, my, the the gold exploration company that we talked about yesterday. I forgot the name of it, but I believe theirs was in Idaho. Uh, and so the jurisdiction that they operate in is very, very important. So. That's what worries me here is the fact that it's solely reliant on these projects. They have two projects in Mongolia, it looks like. And so far, I'm not seeing a whole lot of business coming out of it yet. Uh, you know, their revenue is declining, revenue per share, uh, and that worries me. And so, and the chart, it's consistently making lower highs, lower lows, very little volume here. Right, so to me, there's not enough to go on. I, I would really, you'd have to really understand the the business, the the, the two mines, how those are progressing uh, for me to buy this. And the chart is not backing up any positivity towards that. 
So to me, I'm passing on this name. Thanks for the call, Rahul. 88899 chart, 88992 Now let's touch a little bit on tax strategies now that we're going into the end of the year. Now what's interesting about the CARES Act, one of the biggest changes to the investment world, uh, the retirement world, is the RMDs, required minimum distributions. Not only did it push it back to the age of 72, but it's, if you are subject to an RMD this year, you don't have to take it, which is interesting because it doesn't really help people that need money, right? If you need money, you're going to take your RMD regardless, right? It only helps people that don't really need the money. So, hey, great, I don't need to take it, and that's not going to be taxable income to me this year. So it's not really giving anybody any relief, which is interesting. So the big question is, is that a lot of retirees have money in different buckets, right? Roth IRAs, 401k, regular IRAs, taxable accounts, trust accounts. And the big question is, if you're not taking money from your IRA or 401k, but you still need some cash, where is the best place to go? Now, let's start off with saying the worst place to go is your Roth IRA, if you don't have to, right? Especially in a year where tax rates are low and tax rates look likely to go higher in the future. And so if you have money in a Roth IRA, you've already paid that, those taxes. Now it's going to grow tax-free. And even after you pass away, it can grow for at least 10 more years for your beneficiaries tax-free as well. So if you can avoid taking money out of your Roth in a year where maybe you're in a low tax bracket, it's a good thing. Now, then the question is, where should you take your money from? Well, maybe you still should take money from your IRA, even if you don't have to. If today's tax rates are the lowest we've seen in decades, don't you want to take advantage of that? So there's no guarantee that next year's rates will be this low. So even if you're in your 50s, 60s, this also is a time for maybe thinking about a Roth conversion. Moving money from your tax-deferred account to a tax-free account, like a Roth IRA. All tax planning is the same, right? Get your pay, pay the least amount of taxes at the lowest rate. When taxes are the lowest, if you can. So anytime you can get money out of those taxable accounts into a tax-deferred IRA or into a Roth IRA, you should take advantage of that. Now, what's interesting too is this might also change the willingness for people to sell stocks at the end of the year, right? Taking taxable gains, right? If you don't have to take an RMD and take that as income in the year, well, maybe that you can sell more of your stock that you might have already planned to do. Now you can say, let's sell a little more and you won't be put into that higher tax rate. So that's something to think about as well, that maybe because you're not in, not taking that RMD, 
There may be other ways to trigger some t capital gains, if you already plan to in the near future, at that lower rate. Okay. And what you have to remember, too, is just because you, didn't, you, you took, didn't take an RMD this year, that doesn't mean that in the future you're not going to have to. And it actually means the future RMDs are going to be bigger, right? Because your money is going to stay in there. It's going to grow maybe a little bit more, hopefully. And then the schedule is going to actually push your RMDs up a little bit. So understand that implication for the future as well. Now, from time to time, we get cryptocurrency questions. Let's take this one that came in earlier at 888 chart Hi, guys. My name is Bill from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm calling in about, you guys talk about trying to be good with savings, including in addition to investments. So there's this service called BlockFi that takes your U.S. dollars, converts them to a stable coin that is pegged one-to-one -to, -one to the U.S. dollar, and they offer 8.6% APY. Just want to get your guys' opinion on, you know, should I just shovel all of my USD savings into this stable coin and get 8.6%? Should I be a little tepid? Should I just ignore it at all? I'm really looking forward to hearing your uh, thoughts, and I'll listen on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Uh, this is a great question. It's something I was going to bring up in the near future, and uh, because I am getting s some questions about this off air. This is the first one on air. And this is very important because this is an area that needs a lot more regulation, right? Basically, what you're talking about is a deposit, right? They're going, you're, you're putting money in, you're earning an, a return on it, and they're going to give you the same unit back, right? The same dollar amount back. Uh, and this is a very opaque, unregulated industry. And the history of this is that that 8%, while it sounds secure, and they use the word stable, that doesn't, just because they use that word stable, doesn't mean it actually is stable, okay? Your normal deposits at a bank are FDIC insured. The government will come in and make you whole if that bank fails. Is that the case in the stablecoin world? No. It's unregulated, uninsured, not backed by anything but the faith that you have in that institution that is taking it. Now that's that's the big issue here in the crypto space. That's in the crypto world, the, the this alternative decentralized banking community that is growing. The problem is is that it is unregulated, uninsured, and there's great risks here. It reminds me a lot of. What I saw, you, you saw for years in China, you still see that. But many of these savings accounts that were earning 8, 10, 12%, and those institutions were investing in high risk securities. And the marketing around it made it seem like it was guaranteed. And for a while, it was semi guaranteed by the government until the government stopped backing. That the ones that fail. Guess what? The government's not going. The U.S. government is not going to back these stablecoin institutions. In fact, there's a recent act. I forgot the name of it off the top of my head, but that was I think it was the Stablecoin Act, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, that's been presented uh, in Congress to regulate this industry. And I think it's going to happen because there's 
a lot of potential for fraud. Uh, and this entire industry is extremely op opaque. Opaque? No, not opaque. Excuse me, not opaque. You don't understand how they're working, and they're extremely high risk. So don't buy just the marketing hype. Understand where your money is going. And understand, remember, risk versus reward. There's a reason you're getting higher return. It's because you're taking more risk. Now, does that mean the stablecoin universe is going to fall apart tomorrow? No. But definitely, it's definitely possible that there's a big blow-up. And likely, unless there's some sort of regulation. And I doubt there will be regulation before there is a blow-up, right? It's how governments work. There has to be some sort of crisis for them to come in, step in, and take action. And I think that will be maybe down the line, but you don't want to be the one that's made an example of. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we have over on investtalk.com. You can learn more about our various investment strategy opportunities that we offer through KPP Financial. For example, Dynamic Growth provides flexible management for optimal returns. We have strong diversification across many different industries and never overexposed to any one investment or sector of the market. Now, if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you'll want to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. You can learn more right now at investtalk.com. We have about 10, 12 minutes left in the show, so I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Our InvestTalk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on investtalk.com. Steve and I are always happy to get live calls, so... Let's grab one right now. We're going to talk to Robert in Millbrae. He wants to talk about asset allocation. Hello, Justin. Uh, Hello. Thanks for having me on. And of course. Thank you very much for uh, yesterday's um, podcast as well, for sharing a little bit about your grandfather. Appreciate that. Um, I'm, asking, uh, I'm calling in today to ask about, when you talk about diversification and having not more than 5% across your, um, uh, basically, your stock holdings, how does that work when you have uh, stocks in your 401k, your Roth IRA, and then a taxable brokerage? Yeah, I think you definitely consider them to me all as one. Uh, so, yes, you, you're going to have and likely will have assets across different types of, of accounts, right? 401ks, IRAs, like you said. Uh, and so if you want to treat them all together as one and make sure – Together, you're not over 5% of one particular position. I think that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, so you should definitely think about that uh, and aggregate them all together. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. About nine minutes left in the show. So let's touch a little bit on financial literacy. So important, and that's one of our main goals here on Invest Talk is to help people get more financially literate. And the more people understand about things like interest rates, inflation, risk diversification, and all other types of financial concepts, the less likely they are to show signs of financial fragility at some point. 
And that's what this new study concludes from the University of Pennsylvania, Wharton School of Business. And actually, there's three professors, one from there, also Washington State University, as well as North Carolina State University. So together, they all conducted the survey, pulled about 3,000 people aged 45 to 75, and they asked them some basic questions, basic financial literacy questions. And what the research showed was that the ones that had difficulty answering these three basic questions were far more likely to be financially fragile. About half of the respondents who said they could not come up with $2,000 for unexpected uh, emergency expense within the next month, half of those people could not answer these three questions. They didn't know how interest rates are calculated. They didn't know how inflation and risk were calculated. People in better money conditions, about two and a half, they answered about two and a half out of these three questions. The first one is, say you have $100, 2% interest rate, uh, in, in an account with 2% interest rate, after five years, do you have more than $102, less or the same? can answer that one, obviously more. Next, if you have money in a 1% interest rate account, and inflation is 2% after a year, can you buy more or less with the money you have in that account? Obviously, the answer is less. And the last one was, if you're buying a single company stock, is that safer than buying a stock mutual fund? Obviously, the answer is no, because it's not diversified. So those are the three questions. And if you can't answer those questions correctly, then you're more at risk. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So go get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey there, Steve and Justin. This is Gavin here from Roseville, California, long-term listener. I just wanted to call. I had a quick question about my retirement account. We use Fidelity here at my work, and I'm currently invested in FATIX, F-A-T-I-X, fully invested 100%. It's a tech fund got about 43% returns on it. And I'm just kind of curious if this is something I should be holding um, entirely or if it might be time to kind of spread my portfolio out. I'm uh, 28 years old, long time from retirement, and I think tech will do great. Just wanted to get you guys' intake. Thanks a lot and look forward to hearing your answer. Thank you. Ooh, yeah. So this is a great example of how, while most people think if you invest in a mutual fund, you're diversified, in this case, he's not, right? He's 100% in the Fidelity Advisor Technology Fund. That's what this is. Uh, and it's a solid fund, four to five stars on Morningstar. So it's not a bad fund. Uh, it's done well. Uh, but it's a technology-focused fund. So you're 100% invested in technology, which I think has uh, uh, certainly a bright future. But we all know that this is an environment where growth is starting to underperform. Technology starts to underperform other parts of the market that have they have, those have underperformed for many years. So for a decade plus, you've had growth outperforming and you're starting to see that trend just start to reverse. So 
If I'm allocating my portfolio, I wouldn't have more than 10% of my portfolio in this particular fund. Okay, So I would certainly uh, diversify, try to look at for the value side of the investment options. I know it can be difficult within a particular 401k to find a right asset mix, but certainly definitely not 100%. It should be 10% or less in this fund and try to lean towards international as well as the value side of the market. And if you have some precious metal exposure, I think that would be helpful as well. Most 401ks don't, unfortunately, but just in case. Now let's squeeze in one last question here that came in earlier from an Invest Talk listener in Virginia. Hey, Steve. This is Tyler from Virginia. I'm calling because I recently came into about $175,000 due to a lawsuit, and I just started into investing, and I don't really know which direction to go in. Um, I did invest a little bit into, like, Apple and, you know, the usual Berkshire Hathaway, but I just don't really know much about the market, and I just wanted to know. Uh, this money's been sitting in my account for about nine months now, and I just don't know which direction exactly I should go. If you could just maybe give me a little bit of advice of what to do, I would greatly appreciate it. And thank you again. You have a good day. All right. Well, I hope the accident wasn't too bad. Uh, but um, you know, you have about seventy-five thousand, a good chunk of of, of money. Uh, it's not an amount of money you should just kind of play around with. I'll say that. Uh, it's difficult for me to give you a, a perfect answer because I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know the goal of this money. Is this something maybe you're living on? Maybe you're disabled because of an accident. I'm not sure. Uh, is it long term? Maybe it's you, you're going to use the money 20, 30, 40 years from now. Do you have a strategy uh, to get into uh, an IRA or a Roth IRA? That type of thing as well. That's important too, not just the total investment strategy. So uh, this is something I would, I would encourage you to reach out to our office and we can have a conversation a little deeper on how to uh, invest this money, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. You, you don't want to be uh, making a mistake, especially in a market that's uh, as shall I say, interesting as this one. Uh, so those are the things to think about. Like I said, risk tolerance, uh, tax strategy, uh, and longer-term goals, and fitting the strategy for all of those factors. So uh, I encourage you to go to our website, investtalk.com, click on the Contact Justin or Contact Steve button, and that will go directly to us. Appreciate you reaching out. I think that will wrap it up for the day. Uh, I appreciate you all for tuning in. Um, and I appreciate everybody who reached out to me in regards to uh, my grandfather's passing. Uh, this was a tough time. Uh, but, hey, we all have to move on and carry the legacy that he built for this show uh, and for our listeners. And that's my, that's my goal. It's my job. And I, I love it, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate all of you. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I'll return on Thursday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts for free over at iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, as well as investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 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 